Welcome to the Celtic Way Podcast, where we look to bring a fresh vision of spiritual life by nurturing a vibrant, evolving, and sustainable life with God in nature. Celtic spirituality is an ancient tradition of seeing God in everyone and in everything. Seasons come and go, darling, don't Welcome to the Celtic Way Podcast. Great to be with you as always. And we've got the, the artistic director, Scott Jenkins, coming coming a little remotely from uh, from Breckenridge, so on a little bit of a vacation. And uh, we are so fortunate today to have, um, you know, I always say Scott's one of my favorite people, but I only say that when it's just him because now Chris is joining in us. <laughs> Uh, Scott's better half and spectacular human being, Chris Jenkins, is joining us today for this podcast. So, you know, if you like this podcast normally today, you're going to love it, right? (laughs) Good morning. Yeah, good morning, world. Yeah, absolutely. So today we're going to, you know, uh, sometimes things get a little heady and and we talk about the the hard realities of the world, but uh, you know, there's so much of that going on that every at least every once in a while we need to have a little bit of of fun and talk about joy and things that bring life because that's 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 the beauty about just being alive is enjoying this life as well. And so we're gonna we're gonna focus a little bit on that today um, and and just see where it takes us. Yeah, it's going to be good. I'm telling you, we're on vacation. We're in Breckenridge, Colorado, staying at a wonderful lodge due to our friend Terry Thompson's generosity. And we're just having a pretty relaxing time, having fun, seeing the sights, enjoying the the fine life, Matt. We are enjoying the fine life. (laughs) Rest and relaxation. Yeah. So when we talk about this, this Celtic spirituality, um, you know, anytime we talk about spirituality, you know, we're always talking details of, of all sorts of things, and everybody has all sorts of opinions about this, that, and the other. But, you know, I think in order for spirituality to be healthy, it has to be life-giving. And I think about, you know, the, the work that we've done around Celtic Christianity and, and both of our lives, just living a life where spirituality has been, you know, a primary piece of our existence and you know so often i find myself in hard conversations but what i really enjoy is when i step back and think about all of the beauty and all of the um goodness that comes out of how and what we believe in and if if christianity is going to mean anything it should also bring life joy and lightness to our lives as well no kidding yeah, and so we're on vacation, and I knew we were we had this podcast coming up, and I I was trying to like it's it's like get into the mode of something like theological, something spiritual, something serious, you know. And I'm, and there's the other part of me going, dude, you're on vacation, <laughs> chill, you know. And so I woke up and I said to Chris, I think we should just talk about what do we enjoy, what do we appreciate, what do we find meaningful, like you said, like what's life-giving. And so we've just been bantering back and forth around all that, and it fits our our vacation theme, our vacation mode. So 
we'll, yeah. we'll jump into it a little bit, Scott. Share share some of the things that um, that you appreciate and that bring life and joy. Uh, you know, Celtic spirituality is so wonderful because it's not all about theology. It's not all about yeah. right belief. It's it's in so many ways about just engaging in the world around us. And you know, being in a place where you're at right now, it's it's not too hard to look around and find the beauty and the joy that comes with the uh, the way of belief that we have. Yeah, I'm selfishly, I'm, I was like, maybe we should do this on a video, you know, because it's just breathtaking. Everywhere you look around here is just filled with beauty. So, yeah, I'll jump in. And, of course, I'm going to jump right into nature, right? Because that's the big thing. That's the that's that's just the thing. And I was thinking today how wonderful it is to have the different seasons of nature no longer just be because when I was first getting to Celtic Christianity, I had to do a lot of reading, a lot of reading all this stuff about nature. Now I don't. Now I read nature, right? I listen to the voice of nature. I smell and touch and appreciate nature. And and recently I'm so attuned into the rhythms that nature provides. The four seasons each have their own theme. And together, I find it to be very grounding. Whatever is going on in my life, which really begins to follow this footprints of nature almost, almost naturally, if I can use that word, I just am into like the seasons, like we are on the cusp of, of spring slowly arising because we're still having snow around here, Matt. It's like winter has a a chokehold and not letting go. And then all of a sudden spring pops in and then it snows, you know, and we go from 80 degrees to snow. And it's wonderful to see the struggle because, you know, there's plenty of struggle in life, but spring's coming and pretty soon summer's going to be here. Right. And so this whole rhythms are becoming integrated into my soul. And I can feel that, you know, and regardless of what's going on, I've been doing a lot of thinking and praying around the signs of new life and, and what is like, what is starting to bud? What is starting to come forth in my life? And it's so trans transparent to me. What nature's voice is trying to say to me is also blended in because, you know, I'm still this sort of Catholic, this liturgical uh, person where that was my very first rhythm that I followed very seriously was the whole liturgical year. So Advent, preparing for the birth of Jesus, Christmas, the birth of Jesus, Epiphany and the wise men, and then Lent and then Easter, right? Well, Easter and springtime and new life and resurrection all is coming together. And it's just so great that the church year and nature's seasonal year have really come together in my life. And it really provides a deeper and broader framework for me to follow the life of Jesus. And it's timely because, you know, Matt, Chris and I have been discerning a lot. Like, I'm letting go of a 15-year uh ministry at, at Mile High Ministries and Justice and Mercy Legal Aid Center on May 30th. And we've been wondering, like, what's next? We're on this threshold, like Christine Walters Painter talks about thresholds and to pray at the threshold of, of the seasons changing and life's changing. And we're starting to get some answers 
some very clear and definite answers. One I want to share in the podcast is we are not moving away from Colorado. And we are vocationally going to put our heart and soul um, into Celtic way. And we're pretty excited about that, both of us. Mm-hmm. And so, so that's really good that the seasons have helped us look for what's blossoming, what's coming forth. And we finally got some clarity. And I'm really, really happy about that. And nature has become more than just an object. Nature is like a she, a companion. God gave me and us this companion uh, to walk with us through this life. Uh, And Chris was talking about, because we have a very large family, and one of our daughters is going through a very difficult time. And Chris said to me, "Tell, say what you said about how the, no matter what we're going through, nature reminds us of this. Yeah, because of the rhythms in nature, we can look at it so that if we're going through a difficult time, we can say, you know, give it time, this will change. This, you know, something new or different will come along. And if it's uh, a real good time, it's like savor it, you know, take time to enjoy because um, things will change. (laughs) That too will pass. (laughs) Yeah. And that's a really good thing, you know, because nature then becomes our friend. It's, It's almost like nature is our anamkara of our soul. You know, always present. We just have to learn to uh, to appreciate it and to listen. Yeah, I think that um, when I'm out in nature, when I'm outside, I have a tendency to slow down and not be concerned about time and my schedule, my calendar. So I can, I slow down and stop, look, listen. Isn't that funny? I think those were the first three words I ever read in a book. (laughs) You know, ski, spot, run, you know, stop, look, and listen. And then that's, Chris was talking about that as as a photographer. We had this funny thing that we did at um, Breaking Bread for Celtic Way, our in-person thing. And I was talking about seeing. I don't know if this is true for you, Matt, but the men in the room really resonated with this. Like, you know... I'll be looking for my glasses. They'll be hanging from my shirt, right? And Chris will just very gently put her hands on my shoulders and go, honey, here, they're right here. Oh, okay, thanks. And a few minutes later, I'll call her and, I, and I'll, I mean, across from one room to the next, which is not good. And I'll say, where's the yogurt? It's on the second shelf in the refrigerator. No, it's not. It's not there. And so she'll get up and she'll come and she'll be like, move the carton of milk to the right, right behind it. On the second shelf is the yogurt. You just got to look. Okay. And and seeing, you know, she sees things so much differently and better than I do. That's I, guess. I don't know it better, but definitely differently. And I think photography um, has a lot to do with it. When I took my classes in photography years ago, it was like, oh, well, don't just look at that scene the way, you know, straight on. You know, try looking at it above and below from, you know, different um, viewpoints. And and when you do that, you can appreciate a different look, a different Mm -hmm. um, something other than just looking straight on to it. Yeah. Yeah, we have, uh, we we live 
at a place where you have uh, hundreds of acres right next to us that we get to just walk through. And, and we do that most days. Uh, our neighbor allows us to do that and they've got trails because they have horses and so we get to just walk on their horse trails all over the place and we make cross-country ski trails in the winter and it's this beautiful place and if it's if i'm walking in there you know i this idea of seeing like when i'm walking through there usually i get kind of lost in my head if that makes sense like i'm thinking through something i'm um you know configuring i'm you know just thinking 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 and so sometimes i could be walking for a half an hour and you know walk past all this beautiful nature and and miss out because i get so consumed in my head or even if it's susie and i we're talking 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 but then susie um went on a walk just last week all by herself because i had something going on and she's she walks with her eyes wide open you know and i think i do think it's a little bit more of a feminine trait right and yeah. she 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 doesn't get lost in thought like i do uh, quite as easily and she just stopped and looked up and there was this owl staring at her and she just sat and looked back and forth i mean her and the owl just looked back and forth at each other for a good 15 20 minutes and and she was you know taking pictures and and uh, showed me later and and i think as we're engaged with nature you know it's so important to have our eyes open to see you know, whatever we may see that would give us a, a much grander perspective than if I'm just walking with my head down thinking about, you know, <laughs> balancing the budget this month or whatever. And, right. uh, and so it's just a great, you know, that's that's like the extension of looking behind the milk to find the yogurt. You know, it's looking beyond yourself to see what what God or the divine may be showing you right in front of you if you just are, are aware and, and able to look for it. So it was a really it's special there. moment. Yeah. You know, I was thinking too about beauty and diversity. I mean, when you're up here and you see all the different trees and bushes and, and the mountain peaks, and it's just like, you know, there is such an extension of hospitality from God offered to us in ways that are are so meaningful. They touch me so deeply. The diversity that's offered to us in the world that ought to be life-giving to all of us as human beings, right? Mm -hmm. All this stuff, like we've got to all be the same and stuff. No, we should welcome difference of opinion, difference of ideas, difference of approach. And I really like that. The thing that you talked about, distractions are so easy to come, even when we're out in nature. Think about family problems, think about finances, think about health things. And all of a sudden, you're stopped by beauty. It just arrests you. You know, it's like, look at me, behold, you know, and what a gift. That that's it. Beauty is the invitation of God for us to um, well, just to take a second look, a deeper look, a deeper listening, right? Oh, so much life is just given to us freely in abundance. And oh, it's so wonderful. And I think one of the things that going along with that, it's so easy to take that for granted, you know, so I think about, you know, Susie and I and our family, if we've been to 
to Colorado for vacation more than anywhere else. We've been out there many times and several of those times we've driven because that's just sometimes easier with children and cheaper. (laughs) And there's this beautiful moment when you're going through the flat of Nebraska for hours and hours and hours. And then suddenly you see the mountains and they, you know, slowly but surely get closer. And then it's always, you know, it's, and so we show up, you know, in Colorado and the Denver area, and we're just mesmerized. We're just, we can't get our eyes off of those mountains. And then whoever we're staying with or whoever we're coming to visit, you know, that's usually the first thing we'll say is, oh my goodness, I can't believe how great these mountains are. And usually that person will like look over their shoulder, almost as if they've forgotten that they live in. Oh, they're there. (laughs) Yeah. And so, you know, you can be in the midst of beauty and nature all the time. We all are, no matter where you live, we're, we're in the midst of it. But it's often so easy to to forget that it's all around us and it's trying to teach us. And I love what you said, Chris, that idea, you know, I, I was thinking about it in the context of Easter. Easter is about life, death and resurrection, as is all of life and all of spirituality. And so I know I I like you take great hope when things are hard to know that, OK, this is life or this is death. So then next comes resurrection, you know, and you see yeah. people get caught in death, right? You see people get caught there and they can't get out of there because so often it's hard to look towards with optimism toward the future. But again, nature, um, the way Celtic spirituality and Christianity plays itself out is it, it shows all of that in, in so many ways. And unfortunately, you know, talking about diversity, Scott, Unfortunately, we're creatures of habit and we tend to congregate with people who act, look and think like us. And, yep. uh, and that's, you know, that's one of the, the big unfortunate things about, you know, organizing people, <laughs> you know, around faith or Christianity. And you look at the life of Jesus and it seems very intentional to me that he handpicked people that were very different from one another, wildly different from one another. Wow. I, I have to assume he was intentional about that. Yeah, I do too. Yeah. Reminds me of a professor at one of the schools of theology in Denver, a white guy, very, very intelligent. And he chose deliberately to go to a black Pentecostal church and become part of that community because he needed the experience of diversity, of difference, and and how it's enriched his whole life. And, and he hopes that he has helped enrich them as well. I think you made a very strong point. We need to be intentional about that. Now I'm done. That's going to stay with me for the rest of the day. I got to think about that. Well, one thing before we leave the subject is seeing. I think it's important that sometimes we don't see until we're reflecting back. You know, when you're in the midst of something, you might not always see God's hand. Mm. And and it's only in after the fact and, and going back and looking at it after some time has gone by that you can go back and see how God is woven your mm. life. Mm-hmm. Especially in the hard times, don't you find that to be true? Mm-hmm. Because there's a, uh, you you all know this better than most, but going through hardships, it takes a while just emotionally to work through that, and then it takes even a longer time to be able to look at that in any sort of perspective to see something. You know, when I was writing the book that I put out this year, that was one of the great joys of writing out your stories, is these things that maybe were hard. And in the moment, you couldn't see, you couldn't even fathom that God was doing anything to get your attention or that this would be in any way helpful to your life. 
But now you get down the line a little bit and you're writing about them or you're thinking about them or you're having a conversation about them and you can say, oh, wait a second. (laughs) You know, there was some, I learned so much in that moment. I learned so much from that experience of loss or, or what have you. But, you know, overall, what we're talking about is that the key to Celtic Christianity is is really lived experience, isn't it? Mm-hmm. To open ourselves up to the presence of God and just trust and believe and experience a God who is alive and is engaging us in life. You know, it's it's not just in a church building and in a liturgy and robes and incense and that's fine. I like that. It's good. But we've got to just really get out of the whole building men- mentality that our Christian experience is called to be lived every day, every moment, you know, and it's not just divided up. Here's my work life. Here's my vacation life. Here's this life, my religious life. It needs to be like permeating all the aspects of our lives, you know. Yeah, and I would say, you know, that maybe this is the the great injustice of our more modern or maybe forever the religious system is, you know, when I was growing up in it um, until more recently, you know, there's always this feeling that that should get some sort of preeminence over the lived experience. So your Sunday morning, your Bible knowledge, uh, all of that um, stands above the lived experience. And right. what I had to do throughout my life is understand that, you know, that if anything lived experience is above you know bible knowledge and and you know spiritual community sometimes but for sure they're equal and they're on equal playing fields and i know i always felt like sometimes i would have a lived experience that i really felt felt god was moving through and i would share it with somebody and maybe it didn't line up with their theology and so they would try to come against my lived experience yes <laughs> it could be yes. frustrating can it all be true can't can't we look to the life of Jesus in Scripture and also have lived experiences and say that they're all valid? Right. I know, right? Instead of, like, I was caught up in, in like, well, my theology is right. I don't know what's wrong with yours, you know, but that, that ain't right, you know? And this is, like, alive. You know, and it's true, and I think and I want to close with this because what's apparent to me is the next podcast is going to continue this theme because we just can't cover it all right now. But I do want to say this, that I think the doorway to Celtic Christianity, as helpful as as the great writers in this field are today and, and previously, that the richness of the history and stuff, I love that. But the invitation, you don't have to be a scholar. You don't have to have read all these books. You can just go outside and trust and believe that the one who created all this beauty and diversity is just inviting us to engage this God, not just in walks, but at listening to conversations, but just maybe even driving on the freeway. I'm not quite sure I've gotten there yet, but... But do you understand what I mean? I mean, it's the key to Celtic Christianity is the invitation to open up our hearts and to experience our lives lived with God who's alive and wants to be present within us and all around us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, that reminds me a little bit of uh, when I was a prison chaplain. It reminds me of a conversation I had with our our gospel choir director, and he was a inmate who was incarcerated there, and he 
he once I was having a conversation with him. He said, "You know who's taught me more about my faith than anybody else?" He said, "It's my my mother who's illiterate. So she she's never read the Bible in her entire life. She doesn't have any sort of theological knowledge to offer, but the way that she lives and the way that she understands God through her lived experience has taught me everything I need to know about Jesus. And I when, oh, I'll wow. never forget that conversation because it it fights against that that piece that you were talking about that there's the people with the you know the seminary degrees or the titles yeah. that have all of the knowledge when the truth is we all have everything we need available to us on a daily experience. And like you said, we could experience God in every moment of of every day of our life if we like chris was saying if we open our eyes to see god in the ordinary uh, to see god in nature to see god all around us yeah it's celtic christianity shows that circle of equals mm. i can't remember if this was father richard he used the word respect we need to respect life we need to respect each other we need to respect nature and respect is like from spectacles, like to re-look, take a second look. And Chris was talking to me this morning how important it is just to have the awareness. I, I think of her as having the photographer's awareness wherever she goes. Oh, look at this. Look at that. Mm -hmm. You know, stop. Slow down. So, yeah, thanks for uh, the podcast today and just letting us get in touch with what do we enjoy, what do we appreciate, what do we find meaningful, because um, it, it just is so much. It's changed our lives, you know, how we do Christianity has changed a, a really great deal, and it's um, our little breaking bread thing, Matt, is starting to attract new people are finding out about it, and they're coming and we had a retired Lutheran pastor that was there, and he said, there's two things that happened tonight in our in our worship time together that the church needs today desperately. There were periods of silence, and there were periods where everybody in the room, if they wanted to, could speak. It wasn't just a canned response. We actually opened up the floor for people to share their lived experience. So it's great. And it's uh, springtime seasonally, and things are blossoming and growing. And uh, we're great from the for the challenge and the encouragement of this spirituality. That's really needed to have some life and joy about being a Christian again. For more information on Celtic Way, go to CelticWay.org. You can also find us on Facebook at Celtic Way Colorado or on Instagram at Celtic Way Official. Special thanks to Suzanne Kinzera for the music for this podcast. Seasons come and go, darling, don't Just know
to you.